Good evening, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. I am Lee from the D. And I'm, I'm Shay. I'm here. I'm existing. <laughs> and this is uh, Reality Rewind. That's um, all I got on this day. <laughs> this day that the Lord has made, all I got is I'm existing. But you got them leather printing of that blanket looking like a real housewife from Beverly so Hills old. on vacation. It's not even real. Like, I am freezing. <laughs> the real housewives of Beverly Hills are good for an animal print and blanket moment. Because every time they're on vacation, these bitches is always wrapped in blankets. Yes, they do. They stay cold. No, I'm go. like, this, this, this hurricane remnant, <laughs> this this heavy, heavy rain due to the hurricanes. It's it's not making for a warm and comfortable me. No, that's yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and you were talking about how like if you close the window, it just becomes unbearable. Yeah, like it's unreal. And then it's like my arm is itching really bad because of the new tattoo. Oh yeah. It's itching really bad. I was always doing. Yeah. Just stopped itching and now this one's itching. I bet you standing there smacking your titties all day trying to scratch. Nah, I would just do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, god damn. <laughs> like, or just put like lotion or something on them when they started to itch. They finally have stopped itching, really. That's good. But this one here is now starting. Oh, they started scapping it all? These? Yeah. Oh, they about healed. Okay. The scabs and fell off. It's just this one little spot in this one they need to finish healing up. They, because these almost a month old. Has it been a month? Almost. God damn. Oh this my God, one, it is September. This one is just a couple of days old, but it's not even scabbing because it's just words. It didn't, it's not going to scab like that. Which I didn't even realize it's September already. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, on this episode of Reality Rewind, we are finally finishing up Christopher Dunn chapter a delay, and then we had to take a episode. little a pullover to give everybody a break. Yeah, um, the last episode. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, y'all. The last episode we covered his crimes, and this episode we're going to cover um, the arrest and trial of Christopher Dunch. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't remember who Christopher Dunch is, you go back. Uh, two episodes and you'll find him there he was a licensed surgical um a licensed licensed surgeon there we go neurosurgeon which is like just wild to say not only licensed but had privileges at multiple hospitals at the same time uh, uh, thankfully um yeah he went on a hack and slash rampage um he essentially decapitated his best friend (laughs) among other people and for whatever reason this man was still seen as being viably um employable yeah um so after many victims later um he is finally arrested um well no not finally arrested the first the beginning of it was um, of the the essential downfall was on march 2014 when three of his former patients actually filed separate federal lawsuits against um, the hospital that Christopher Dunch was um, 
the hospital they received the surgery at that where he had player privileges. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm a little stoned. I just took a real hard hit. <laughs> <laughs> and it just happened. So you know how it is when you first start. Like I haven't yeah. settled into my high yet. Yeah. Um, okay. Nonetheless, these three former patients of Christopher Dunch filed three separate federal lawsuits against Baylor, Baylor Plano, which was the first hospital that Christopher had uh, privileges at. And in the lawsuit, they were alleging that the hospital allowed uh, for him to perform surgeries despite knowing that he was dangerous. And they did. Yeah. They truly did. It was time after time. And it, this wasn't just one case. That's the thing that got me because it's like, it's not like it's one hospital and one patient. It's multiple people, like way too many people spread over way too many hospitals and just like, Oh, I mean, it's just one too many people for one facility, let alone. But that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. Like, because it's one thing if it's like he did something this wild to one person in one facility. But we're talking 12, 13, 14 people spread across three or four different facilities. like And roughly about two and a half years. Yeah. Like, how did no one, like, where was the oversight? Where was the the actual due diligence because how is no one privy to what is going on at these other places right and you considering well this is also texas though and one of the things that definitely played a part in the way the hospitals and even to a certain degree the um the ada's office um and it played a way into they operated was the fact that there is a medical malpractice cap at two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and they had re- removed the term gross negligence. Oh my God, gross negligence. Gross negligence. Um, from the definition of legal malice. Yeah. So essentially, from at least my understanding of what this means is gross negligence in Texas doesn't exist. It doesn't. And they, at this point, they really had no motive to try and prove. Like there was or, no reason to go forward and actually do anything about him because there's no benefit to right. any of them, essentially. And in the in the realm in which we know of, like, um, of, of criminal law, um, the motives that are usually attached to something like this, had it not happened in the hospital, weren't necessarily applicable at this time. Right, right. Because you um, couldn't say that he, like, at that time, you couldn't say that he got up and decided to go kill this one person for XYZ reason. Because it's not like he knew these people. It's not like, and it's like you're trying to define murder in a situation in which inherently you can die. You know yes. what I'm saying? Which is a whole nother set of like legal arguments and legal gymnastics that you kind of have to do because if you're cut open on my table literally any doctor walking into any operating room you can die yeah because it's a it's a dangerous situation there's someone in there with a knife doing work and it's like slight slit in the wrong place and you can die so you're trying to define like actual murder or manslaughter in a situation versus there is um, medical malpractice you can die yeah yeah 
and that's the thing that's a lot of this is legalese in terms and definitions right mm -hmm. and doing its best to try and make sure that how we define the situation and how we charge the situation falls into the correct legal definition but this um, also goes into really goes into why healthcare facilities shouldn't be allowed to be privately owned, right? No, exactly. Because exactly that. When you get into that type of stuff, it's a the transparency isn't always there. No. And it's it's just so much harder to regulate what because the standard of care is also because you have to you have to believe that they operated outside of a traditional standard of care, but mm -hmm. that's subjective, right? Because it's part of what you think the standard of care is, is based on the standard of care that you've always had. Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with privately owned facilities that are much more, much more funded than whatever the public university, city, whatever hospital is, that standard of care is going to be different. Yeah. So it's like if I grew up going to the suburban hospital, you know, the privately owned suburban hospital in the wealthy neighborhood, and you grew up going to the city hospital, what we think is an acceptable standard of care is going to be different. That is it, too. Like the experiences, um, experiences are going to vary from uh, place to place, locale to locale, even right. zip code to zip code, to be perfectly honest. And because there is no like federal standard, no, at least not one that I know of. I, if I'm wrong, please correct. I me. mean, beyond the borderline, like beyond usual the basic federal like, standards, don't no. do don't do no harm, like the basic Hippocratic oath type standards. Outside yeah. of that, there's no like even federally mandated floor of care right and it's it's also outside especially of like, in these stop the bleeding you know <laughs> like yeah it's also in these for like how difficult for the federal government to try and establish any kind of um like federal what is the word i'm looking for um basic we'll just say basic mandate um ex when it comes down to shit like states rights right because how many times in just in our our honestly relatively short lives have we witnessed states suing the federal government or each other over individual states' rights? But that's because we don't operate like a country. We operate like a corporation. There and it there's is. all these individual entities, which is why there is no standard of health care, of education, of really anything because there there shouldn't be these vast like peaks and valleys in our healthcare standard in our educational standard and because you can't you can't Pretty get a standardized tech when everybody doesn't service. have the same resources you know yeah. so it's it's very much because of the way that this country operates it has right. always you know capitalism woo mm-hmm um, so if you listen to the last episode, you'll remember Henderson and Kirby. They were the two doctors that initially um, initially 
were doing separate investigations of Christopher Dunch. Yeah. Because they both uh, experienced him in the operating room. One experienced him in the operating room, and I believe it was Kirby who experienced having to um, fix Christopher's work. And they both individually were uh, trying to get the word out about him. They ended up uniting forces. So after the federal, the federal lawsuits, the two doctors became afraid that Dunch was getting ready to beat it someplace else. And honestly, like they were also afraid that he could possibly get a medical license in another state. Yep. And considering that despite all of the actions that happened with Dunch, all of the incidents, I'm sorry, that happened with Dunch and the lack of action on the hospital's part, he was never in their never medical registry. The medical board. That's it. Which he was never in the so national wild. medical board. So he he could, in theory, he could like pack his bags and move move to like I don't know, rural Idaho, and mm-hmm. do his thing there for a little bit. And be their only doctor, and then pack up and go to another small state, another, another flyover state. state. You know, go pack up and go to Wisconsin and do some stuff there, then pack up and go. He could literally just go from small town to small town across the country. Yep. Because he ain't never been reported to the medical board. Never once. There was no trail stating that this man shouldn't shouldn't even be allowed in the kitchen holding a butter knife. And not that there weren't people that was complaining about him, but more they just ignored that- it. If it's if the complaint ain't coming from the actual hospital itself, the medical board ain't taking it seriously. And they actually especially not a patient complaint. If I remember correctly, part of his terms of his resignation was he would resign um effective immediately. And I think it was the last hospital, or it might have been Baylor Plano, stated that, oh, we won't report you. Yeah. Or they just let him resign so it doesn't look like he was fired because if he was fired, they have to report. Right. And also, too, if they have to report, even the whiff in the air that of him being fired would be enough reason for any of these hospitals to start shitting bricks. Yeah. now it becomes the question of, well, how long has he been working here? Mm-hmm. How many patients has he had? Like you begin to see the culpability of who was supposed hospital. to be monitoring, who was the you know exactly. It's... How did this man even get out of medical school? Mm-hmm. Like everyone becomes implicated in in his in his bullshit as as they should be. Um, but because uh, Henderson and Kirby thought that he was obviously um, a flight risk, well, possibly a flight risk, and obviously a danger to the public. Um, they began to urge the Dallas County District Attorney's Office to start to pursue actual criminal charges. Um, It didn't go anywhere until roughly about 2015. And fun fact, one of the little notes in this is um, it was actually close to the uh, statute of limitations for some of these cases. And they luckily enough decided to actually get up and do something. Um, part of the problem, though, and once again, this is what we were talking about, is like trying to prove, okay, were his actions willful? Were they intentional? And at least to me, I would say 
yes, his actions are willful and intentional because he knows that he does not know what he's doing. But that's the thing. So I started in that same place, right? But then as I spent more time with this, I, my, but my mindset on that has evolved. Like, I, I can't really say that it was willful and intentional because for me to say that that would that would give the illusion that I believe that he had some sense of self-awareness. And I don't. I don't. Oh, I'm not I get that, you. Like, I'm not saying that he was, that doesn't excuse his culpability in this. He's still very much a guilty party. Yeah. But I also don't believe, I believe that there's a level of, psychopathy there that does not allow any level of self-awareness outside of I am the best to ever do everything and that was his ego he did the ego was the ego was there because I mean the he we repeatedly saw that because even before the surgery you think about the story of like him going to his friend's house who was a wrestler trying to wrestle him losing 15 20 times in a row and still kept doing it. Yeah. So I think it's just. Or even honestly, him being, I might be confusing this with ER because there was something very similar that happened to. But even him being in surgery and the doctor, the other, one of the other doctors, I actually think it might have been either. Oh, I think it might have been Henderson. That doesn't go there. And yeah, like having to walk him through. Yeah. Like, I think that there's, I, I mean, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a doctor, but it does scream that there's some level of psychopathy there, where it's just like he can't, his brain doesn't process anything other than I'm the absolute best. And if I can't do it, it's because there's something wrong here with the action that I need to figure out. Yeah. So- well- that's why I can't that's why I can't settle into he did it willingly and and intentionally I do think that there's a level of intention because he can't he never took he can't see that he's not good at this but willful is the hard part for me okay the only reason why I say he continuously and willfully did this was because he constantly saw or constantly avoided being faced with the consequences of his own actions. But and it's that's multiple because, people at this time, you know. But I, I hear that and I, I, I'm with you, but then it's also you can also look at it as he his brain wouldn't let him compute that something was wrong until he had an excuse for what went wrong. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, oh, she died because they tried to move her. Okay, yeah. 
it's she's paralyzed because we ran into some other problem that was unforeseen and this you know like his brain can't process it until it has a reason for it right all of a sudden people have malignant tumors that need to yeah uh, like to be he can't, and that's i think that was more why he can't he couldn't like like when you talk about like he's operating on Mary Eifert, why Foella Brown is dying. I don't think his brain could right. process the fact that Foella Brown was even still there until he had a reason for that. You know what I'm saying? That didn't that absolved him of any level of guilt. Okay, no, I can I can get that. Well, just like we are having a hard time trying to define what this is, mm-hmm. um, so did the prosecutor's office. Yeah. Um, up until they actually sat down and interviewed roughly a dozen of his former patients and their survivors. Um, and they came up with the conclusion that, yeah, his actions were criminal. Mm-hmm. And honestly, nothing short of imprisonment. I would say and anything like, that would prevent almost him from serial killer at that point. Like it's- that's why I say that, like he I'm fully and wholeheartedly believe this man pick and chose his victims wisely um because many of these people weren't folks that necessarily would have the money to fight something like this right Right. outside of like calling the medical board or calling a newspaper or anything like that Mm -hmm. like and it happened so many times and thinking about the number of people that in documentary were saying that I've had this chronic pain for so long and I didn't know if I was going to be able to actually have surgery to relieve it because of the finances. At least all that implies some kind of like, I don't know, some some kind of like willful choice of who the victim was going to be. Okay. You know? I can, I can, I can agree with that to an extent. I don't know, it's complicated because it's like, it's this is so complicated without some type of psychological profile on him you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. because it's like there's so many because every way that it could seem willful those are the exact same ways that it could seem like it's not every way that seems criminal are the exact same ways where it just seems like surgery that went wrong you know what i'm saying so it's like it without whole whole pictures including the psychological profile it's even hard to place really any of this because each case by itself could seem like malpractice or a crime or just shit happens like it's when it becomes a series that it becomes definitely criminal we also like i we also forgot about the emails that he was sending to at the time. Yes, the email. Um, I did and that is the other thing that's kind of like the nail in, like kind of just the nail in the coffin. Um, yeah. One of them, the, like the one that really um, put the prosecutors over the edge on trying to, on defining this as criminal. God damn. <laughs> um, did you hear that? I don't know because all I hear is the storm that's outside. So I thought that's what you were talking about. Oh, no, somebody was, like, blowing a light or something. Uh-huh. Um, but the email um, in question, they got on, rough, I think it was December or something, December 
2011. Oh, no, it was uh, it was a tw- an email from 2011, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm ready to leave the world in kindness and goodness and patience that I mix with everything else that I am and become a cold-blooded killer. Yeah. Um, the assistant uh, district attorney who led the prosecution called, ended up calling Henderson, Kirby, and reached out to them. And they, and they honestly began demanding her to testify against them, mm-hmm. which was, you know, they were like, hello, we've been saying this. <laughs> it's like, girl, we've been here. How'd you just get here? <laughs> which is something of kind of note too, that I never realized, um, unless you are a, uh, a criminal, what is it called? A, a criminal specialist, a representative, what is it called? When you um when you actually testify at trials, uh, depends. You can you can be an expert. You can be a criminal expert. That's the word, bitch. A criminal specialist. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a thing. unless you're an expert, like specifically, like a forensic doctor who's an expert or an like, expert in something. And has specific. to be like certified by the court as an expert in your field. So it's like mm-hmm. a whole lot of like documentation and stuff that needs to be submitted. <laughs> Well, unless you're certified as being this, um, apparently most doctors never testify against each other, which is mm-hmm. kind of an interesting thing of note, but also keeps the secrecy, this like fucked up ass demented brotherhood attached to each other, you know? Yeah, because I mean, doctors, officers, they all have that like- Sworn to secrecy, sworn to lead to the allegiance. Because these are jobs where they like to put a lot of familial elements on coworkers. Yeah. And it's mostly because these are jobs in which y'all spend so much time together and y'all are together for so long that it almost starts to feel familiar. Mm-hmm. Even though, but in doing that, that creates that like wall of silence. Because you're not going to snitch on your brother, right? Like it's, and that's what it does. It's like almost brainwashing into complacency. Yeah. Well, nearly four years after his reign of terror began and about a year and a half after his license was finally revoked, mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Judge was arrested in Dallas and charged with six felony counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, five counts of aggravated uh, causing aggravated assault causing serious bodily injury and one count of injury to an elderly person yes none of this fits the crime nope nope none of it does aggravated assault just seems so basic dare i say sounds like because that sounds like y'all got into like a bar fight or like, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't sound like he made you a quadriplegic. Right. Well, maybe it's the deadly weapon and the serious bodily harm added to aggravated, aggravated assault that's supposed to carry the weight. I guess. Oh, and let's not forget that one count of injuring an elderly person. But that's what did it, though, because that's what sent it over the edge, because without that, they wouldn't have, because uh, it would have been a split jury. Um, also, too, all of them were elderly people. Yeah. But Mary Efer is the only one that qualified as elderly by law. 
She's the only one that was past whatever that age threshold, I think it's 65, to be counted as elderly by law, either 65 or 70. Whatever the threshold, she's the only one that was past it. Okay. So I, even though some of those other people had hit retirement age, they weren't considered elderly. Or they just looked old. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kate Noel, because Jerry is the same age as Christopher Dunge. Well, Jerry, but Jerry, too, keep in mind, too, that Jerry was actually very early on, you know? Yeah. So Christopher, yeah. just like most serial killers, was starting in his own backyard. Mm-hmm. You know? Because you don't hear about him um, having surgery or or doing surgery on any of his... Well, they all probably saw Jerry and was like, oh, hell no, we don't even want him carving the turkey. <laughs> But <laughs> no. even Jerry was hesitant about it because he even said, like, I don't know if I want him to do this, but he said he'll do it. Wait, he no, he only had a girlfriend. Yeah. They, okay, never mind. they ended up breaking up after he was paralyzed because she couldn't take him abusing her. Oh yeah. I was gonna say it's like I wonder how he like, I don't know, cut their wedding cake. Could you picture that? No, it's just hacked off in little bits, and he's talking about (laughs) congratulations. Bye. (laughs) Oh god. Um. So, another fun fact: the indictments were actually made out about four months before the statute of limitations ran out. Yeah. So because it was really like they barely, barely barely made it. They were pushing this. Mm Hmm. Um, and his last charge was for maiming and paralyzing Mary Euford. Yeah. So was that a total of six, 11, 12, 13 charges? Uh, pretty much one charge. I want to say pretty much one charge per, per victim, it's minus the two one deaths. Per person, yeah. Um, of course, they put a... Uh, they put a high priority on the maiming and paralyzing of Mary Euford. Mainly because it does, it's, it's going to play well and in their favor for, in court. Yeah, and again, the one elderly patient. And the survivor who can actually sit and Who can and sit talk. and tell them exactly what he did. Yeah. So much of this hinged on her because of that. Yeah. Well, luckily enough, though, despite us not feeling like the seriousness, like the charges are carrying real like severity. If you added all the charges up, he was facing about life. Like, yeah, that's deserved. Yeah. Um, they, uh, the prosecutor, also believed that it was going to be easy for them to prove in court. Um, Christopher was told repeatedly that he wasn't placing the hardware, of course, in correct positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fluoroscopy images of Mary Euford's surgery proved this. Yeah. The prosecution sought a sentence long enough to ensure that Christopher would never be able to practice medicine again. And for that exact same reason, prosecutors opted, prosecutors opted to try Christopher Dunch for Mary Euford's maiming first. Yep. So this ended up being held in Dallas. Oh, he ended up being held in the Dallas County Jail for almost two years until the case finally went to trial in 2017. And by this time, he was penniless. Mm-hmm. And the judge had to appoint him a lawyer. 
Mm-hmm. Which I, I do believe that this was also part of their game. Oh, very much so. But, you know, like, he was still... He still, like, to this day, will call his dad talking about he just can't wait to when he's about to get out because he know they're going to overturn the verdict. And Well, he's he's eligible for parole in a time that's really not that far away. Yeah. Um, but we'll get there. <laughs> the prosecutor argued that Christopher Dunch, Dunch should have known that he was likely likely to hurt other people unless he changed the way that he was doing things. And that in and of itself was his failure to learn from his past mistakes and demonstrated that his maiming of Mary Euford was intentional. And I was like, yeah, prosecutors also said that Dunch's employers um, should have reported him. Mm-hmm. They argued that he was motivated to continue operating because of a good salary as being a neurosurgeon. Yep. And also, like, well, good salary as being a neurosurgeon, his fucked up financial issues, and the hospitals were willing to do it because each, because his each spinal surgery worked out to be what it was $65,000 a piece. Something like that. That they reaped in. Yep. So, neurosurgeons bring in a lot of money. So they, t- it's like the more, money you bring in the where they protect you yeah of course you're the cash cow mm-hmm. um over uh the objections of Dutch's lawyers the prosecution called many of uh christopher's other patients to the stands which they were able to do so to help prove a pattern right um and they were they did they proved that his actions were nothing more than intentional um, according to Christopher's lawyers, he had not realized how perform how poorly he performed as a surgeon until he heard the prosecution's experts he tell the, the jury, yeah, that his many blunders on the operating table caused. And that's what I'm saying. That's what that's why I'm saying. It's like there's some level of like mental health issue that really just does not allow him to see his own faults. Yeah, it's called, and I'm not going to give real credence to this, but I just, in reality, feel like this is just nothing more than white male privilege. I mean, could be. Because he says that he, oh, he didn't realize that he had caused this many issues until, until the trial happened, but there were other doctors that repeatedly like walked him through things. And yeah, but if you are used to being the coddled, best one in the room, you're going to always think you're the best one in the room. You know what I'm saying? I can't give him that because he, but the thing though is, it's like if, if you're the best one in the room and you're always going to be the best one in the room, that implies that you're the best one in the room. But it doesn't have to. He shouldn't even been in the that's room. That's just it. For it to be true to you, it don't have to be real. It just has to be true to you. Yeah, that's true. That no, that's true. <laughs> like no oh. one else can see it. How many people do we know continue to do something that everybody else can see that they're bad at? Yet they keep doing it. So me. I mean, it's you know, it's it don't have to be real to. You know what, though? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. 
Christopher <clears throat> Dunch is the Christopher Dunch is the brave little toaster of medical malpractice. And here we are. <laughs> just because no matter what, he just kept trying. He did. But it's and that's the other thing. It was like when you think about the fact that if everybody they that that they talked to that talked that knew him before everything happened, they always talked about how you know he made us. I knew I had to work like him because he would never stop. He would never. So he just spent his whole life being told he's the best because he wants it the most. Yeah. That's his idea of being the best. Like, if I keep going, I'm going to be right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would. Here's another little kind of in the uh, uh, click in the heels. I don't know, kick in the shins, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> um, his defense, his entire defense, though, was that he received poor training and that there was no hospital oversight. Yeah. Because, you know, accountability. What is it? Right. Like oh so yeah, duh. Like no one said again. This is you know, with that level of narcissism comes a severe lack of accountability. Like that's just not something that people who are that narcissistic do. No, I mean, just, you know, yeah. <laughs> that I, I didn't even. And that's ex- only to like save himself, right? Like there's no and no one expects anything other than right because it's we know that person we know exactly what that person's going to do especially okay so here's the thing too so for the for the specification that he was going into if i remember correctly he only took he only participated in max 20 surgeries right out of what Mm -hmm. was it a hundred and something required for it Something like that. So that was a clear decision. Um, his willingness to lie that this has been his specification all of this time, when re- in reality, he was out trying to sell medical tech and failed, mm-hmm. was, a, was another one. Um, after all of the surgeries, after all of the emails, that's like two more. And the... I like if I was if I was Baylor Plano, I would just shutter my doors at that point. Like when you <laughs> sit back and think about all of the like all of the actions that he took with no regard for a single solitary consequence. Yeah. And but that's you know the what? Thing it's about it's, stuff it's that like whiteness this. and failing upwards. That's the thing about stuff like this though, because it's like one as you look at everything all together, you quickly realize all it took is for one person to look up. And this would have been stopped ages ago. That's Not just look up, one. but to do their basic job. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, but then it's also like you get into him and it's like every time he fuck up, he end up in a better situation. So what's the what's the there's no, there's nothing willing him to do better. Yeah. And he can, he literally feels like he can, you also gotta, the Coke has a part in this too. Because it's like, 
he feels invincible. That because nothing's it. ever touched him before, and then you he high on coke too. Yep. He's literally like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. This nigga think he's Batman. He can just do what he wants, and no one's gonna say anything. And and he honestly he did. He did. That's exactly what had been happening. Which he is he abused why... the girlfriend, and nothing happened. He mm-hmm. butchered between 13 and 15 people killed too and up until 2015 up until the statute of limitations was getting ready to run out mm-hmm. nothing happened even in the process of doing all of this stuff like there was no actions taken by any of the hospitals and it really was it really was just these two doctors that were like uh yo and he's consistently failing into better positions that's well, at one point he was. Remember towards the end, well, after Baylor Planer, Plano, he was taking, I don't want to say like chicken shit gigs, but he was taking gigs that were way less than what. I mean, yeah, eventually, you know. but he also eventually got caught stealing pants from Walmart. So yeah, there was a fall, but. See, I still believe, <laughs> I still believe that this man was stealing items to open, a, uh, open up his own facility. Because he was selling, no, seriously, think about it though. Because he was selling pens, he stole notepads, he stole like khaki yeah. pants, he's stealing like office supplies and shit he like was stealing that. Office supplies and like more businessy, business casual clothing, yeah. Like the nigga had a scam. What is the name of that little black boy that every six months he opens up a hospital somewhere and gets arrested? Dr. Love. Isn't this nigga's name is not no, it, it is. is. It is. Ain't that his name? Did I make that up? Now you, now you got me thinking. Hold on, because I. <laughs> uh. Uh-uh. No. Hold on, because I feel like I'm. Yes, that is his name. I knew I was right. No, it's not. Are you serious? His name is Malachi Love Robinson. He okay. Was calling himself Doctor Love. Yes, I did not make that up. Where is he at? What is he doing? What is he doing? <laughs> oh, he got arrested again. Again? This is from, what is this? January of this year. Oh, damn. He, there's new fraud allegations just months after he walked free from prison. <laughs> you know what? He uh he apparently he they say he ripped off an employer. Oh, that's it. I'm trying to hey, this is written terribly. Is it sarcasm? No, it's. I don't want to say the paper, but this is a terrible written article. Oh, it's the post. It's not. <laughs> the post is trash. Yeah, the entire time that I was watching this, I, I, he was the first person that I thought of, but I was like, okay. Not that it was right, but at least no one, I don't know, died. Yeah, but he was, he was trying to operate on people's booty holes with no license, though. 
Wait, he was doing what? He was doing operations on booty holes and stuff. With no license. Don't you don't bring no scalpel near my booty hole. You not you had no what education. Was he trying to do to the booty I don't hole? exactly know. So okay, this is the, the new allegations. It he apparently stole from a one of those shipping broker companies, you know, the those companies that like connect sellers with transportation companies. Oh yeah. So he so what oh god. So he was using the name Alex Robinson. Okay. And he was being paid commissions for handling transactions between the company and his customers. But while working on orders for five customers between January 8th and February 4th of 2020, he had these clients pay him a total of $10,000 directly instead of to his employer. (laughs) He had four people pay him through PayPal or Venmo. So that stuff went directly to his account. One person paid $2,600 to a business called National Logistics Division, which is linked to his name and home address. He created this company two months after he was released from prison. Oh, my God. Like, so apparently he's like, he, what, 18? 23. He's 23 now? Yeah, he... uh. This kid is smart. Like somebody needs to like get he him into something. He double dipped and pocketed an unspecified amount in commissions. Oh my god! I thought he opened up another medical facility. I didn't know he was doing this. No, that was the second time he got out. When he did the medical facility, that was because he had got out after the first one. Then he went back in because he tried to. That's when he tried to. Um, Forge to get that jack. <sighs> Something has to be like, okay, do you remember this show called The Pretender in the 90s? Yeah. You get where I'm going with this? Yeah. He, he, doesn't his give pretender vibes? Like he can it, pretend he to be anyone in any Abigail. career? It's like when I think of him, I think of Frank Abagnale Jr. without the check kiting. Oh, uh, okay. It's kind of yeah. hard to kite checks nowadays. I mean, checks. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Shit. But he very much gives like catch me if you can tease. Like it's <laughs> Yeah. Like he this boy is obviously this boy is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because he's been able to like not successfully. I mean, but... he went to prison. And then got out and got a job as a logistics broker. That's also it too. Yeah. That like he's he's cam. doing some things. Like it's I, I'm just saying this is like totally lost like potential. Somebody needs to see this kid and like yeah. get him on the straight and narrow and get him into something good because he's too he's obviously fucking brilliant. He needs they need to get him into the FBI. I don't want I did not want to say that. I mean Mm-mm fuck law enforcement in general but also still if we want somebody that's gonna catch a hacker he's gonna be the one 
Yeah, because this nigga is the hacker. Shit. Right. That's what I'm saying. They needed him on CSI Internet instead of Bellwell. Or CSI Cyber or Worldwide. I forgot what about that shit. I forgot all about that shit. Fuck that boy. <laughs> he get on my goddamn nerves. <laughs> um, okay. I'm sorry. I well, Christopher Dunch made me think of him. Yeah. Just you know, people playing doctor. <laughs> I've been I didn't realize he was operating on booty holes, though. Yeah, he was doing like. Oh my god, he is a Christopher Dutch of BBLs. <laughs> it was it was like some type of like small hernia surgery that he was doing. <laughs> this nigga was watching old TLC videos of the operation on YouTube. Of course he was. Yes. <laughs> Left cradle knot and twist and tie. <laughs> <sighs> Um. Well, so Christopher uh, Christopher Dutch's defense was that he had received poor training and there was a lack of oversight from the hospital. However, the prosecutors were very quickly and aptly able to prove that all of this was bullshit because of all the ego tripping as emails he had been sending to his assistant girlfriend. Mm-hmm. The ones um, talking about um, um, what was it? I want to become a cold-blooded killer or something. Well, there was that one. There was another one that was really... Oh, no, that was just... I'm thinking of the ones when he was stalking her. Yeah, when it was when it just got weird. Yeah. Violent. It got violent. <laughs> it did get violent, yes. It it was also just very strange. Like I, I was just very, very confused. All of this is like the ramblings of a madman. Yes. Like a Coke... It's like Coke fuel rants. Yeah. And it's just like, what are we, what are we talking about here, sir? It's I don't, Tony Montana with the capability to perform neurosurgery. Yep. It's yep. like it got to your brain. You weren't sleeping. You weren't eating right. When was the last time you had water? Exactly. You need therapy and a hug, nigga, because you've been out here hacking people's necks up. You need help. <sighs> and and also, held, you need to be held accountable. <laughs> but it's really just thinking about when you think about all the like, we're such an advanced country and blah, 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 but it's like, we're so advanced, but also can't see that having a universal healthcare system prevents stuff like this from happening. Exactly. Because it's like, you don't have everybody and their mama rushing to be doctors because doctors make so much money because they don't. Yeah. Because everybody is paid equally because it's a universal system. Um, so keep in mind, too, that that email that we were just talking about was also sent after the first few surgeries had gone well. The cold-blooded yeah. murderer email. Um, and that pretty much was not only the nail in the coffin, but the coffin had been buried six feet. That was the first. That coffin was starting to disintegrate by this point. Just it's... right. <laughs> the grave workers were just on strike. <laughs> <laughs> but it after thirteen days of trial, it took the jury only four hours, and they ended up finally convicting him solely of maiming Mary Euford. Um. On February 20th, 2017, he was sentenced to, to life in prison. And on December 10th, 2018, the Texas Court of Appeals affirmed 
his conviction by a two-one split decision, which I don't understand where this one ever thought that that was acceptable. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but 2018 is still the year of Trump, so people are just doing and saying a ton of stupid shit because they can do and say a ton of stupid shit. Yeah, also, also very, very true. Yeah, have you noticed too? Just kind of like side note. Have you noticed that niggas have quieted down some? Oh, very much so. It's like this, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, but it's like, tell me that it was you wasn't pumped up to do this? Like, it's... No, I'm just like, you're just plotting. That's what it is. I mean, always. That's always yeah. what it is. Well, on May 8th, 2019, um, oh my God, I'm so stoned. I'm sorry, y'all. On May 8th, 2019, <laughs> the Texas Court of Criminal Appears appears. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god, I almost said appears. I don't want a court to criminally appear in front of me. That sounds <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> right. Like who no one needs this. This sounds awful. It sounds like Hellraiser. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm sorry. <clears throat> On May 8th, 2019, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals refused Christopher Dunch's petition for its discretionary review. All four of the hospitals that um, employed him still have ongoing civil cases. Yep. As they should. Mm-hmm. So Christopher Dunch ends up in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. I actually have his, what is it called? The employee number? His prison <laughs> number. You didn't found this man's prison number. It's just not that hard. It's it's right here. I know here. it's not that hard, but goddamn, I wouldn't even think to look. <laughs> okay, this is going to sound real fucked up. You know whose criminal number I looked up not too long ago? If you say Kwame Kirkpatrick, I'm hanging up on you. No, but close. Oh, Lord. Charles Pugh. Yeah. Why? I don't know, because I was just curious. What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just, you get high and think about shit. You just like, I wonder. Is he out of jail? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll look up again tonight and see. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard. I just never, that's not something that it would kind cross tracking my mind information to system. do. That's just not something that would ever cross my mind to do. I would not. Let me tell you, all the years as a single gay man have taught you to run niggas' names through Otis, through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Google. I mean, I do and that when after it, you meet them. I do that if it's somebody that I like want to know but i guess i just ain't met nobody i care to know like that so i ain't invested that kind of time into it look i if we if we trying to lay and play i want to know i want to know if my social security card's gonna go missing see i'm not laying and playing with nobody though so there you go that stuff don't cross my mind no more well now not so much because you know it's nice to have a harem but pre-harem Oh pre harem you gotta run niggas through shit you gotta run niggas through shit i mean yes but again we and i suggest that for everybody 
Yes, no, yes, you very much should, especially if there's someone that's going to be around your children or employed by you or things of that nature. You very much should, but also this goes back to the fact that we live very different lives. (laughs) So I, okay, so a friend of mine um, just started, this was like two years ago, pre-COVID, she had just started trying to get back into dating, right? It was like the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, after a kind of tumultuous and really fucked up relationship. Mm-hmm. So she's talking about like wanting to go out and meet people, but also the anxiety surrounding it. And does she even want to be bothered? And I was like, I gave her the full list and she was like, oh my God, that is fucking brilliant. I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> if you're going to hoe, be a well-informed hoe. Yes, have your 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 ducks in the rows very much because the last thing you want is to be fucking around with a nigga with a bunch of domestic violence charges the information is out there girl just do a quick look yeah um so just rounding out the conviction of christopher dunch has been a precedent-setting case Mm -hmm. um it was believed to, for the first time for a physician to have been convicted on criminal charges for actions in the course of medical work. Yeah. The Dallas County District Attorney's Office called it a historic case, which it is, with respect to prosecuting a doctor who had done uh, wrong during surgery. So, I mean, as, as with, with this, as every, it, Oh my God. With this as everything in the world of criminal court, it is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, and because of this, yes, he was held accountable for his actions, but now this does open up um, doctors and hospitals to criminal prosecution because somebody doesn't like the outcome of that too for you you know general complications can happen in surgeries um and they should definitely be held accountable for them i don't necessarily know to what extent would that mean criminal charges and that ambiguity for me is, is kind of the problem but that's why this is such a complicated story to really like land in a a place on right because it's like take him out and take I don't know any one of these cases right who's to say that that wouldn't have happened if the surgery had gone perfectly who's to say you know what I'm saying and it's just like Mm -hmm. there's so many well at what like what that's why it needs to be like a universal standard of care yeah that's why it needs to be a universe because it's like it with it everything being at everybody's discretion and you know you tend to have a much shorter lease when it's closer to home so it's like you know you somebody you care about may go in for a surgery and come out paralyzed mm-hmm for all you know, the surgery went perfect, but you're holding that doctor responsible because in your eyes, they're coming out worse than they went in. Mm-hmm. So now you're ready for to try to press charges, press charges, press charges. But then you got like 
some like I have family member going for the same surgery, same thing happened, but because I've always been conditioned to expect the worst in a medical facility anyway, just based on the care I've gotten. I don't see it like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't see this as a problem because I see where they came out the surgery, right? Yeah. But then it that's where it gets it gets real funky when you start getting into all that kind of stuff. And it's it's interesting too because the director of neurosurgery at UT Southwestern, his name is Carlos Bagley, mm-hmm. ended up testifying for Christopher Dutch's defense. And he said that the only way this happens is that the entire system fails the patients. Yeah. And yeah. It, that's very true. Yeah. Because we saw all along the way, because especially when you get to like a Mary Eford or a Fala Brown, because they were so late in the timeline, it's like, they were late in the timeline. It's like there's so many. Places. By that point, he's paralyzed people, exactly. crippled people, killed one person. There's so many places where this could have been stopped. Honestly, nobody after Jerry Summers should have been injured in this manner by him. Not a single one. Not a single they, one. And it's unfortunate for Jerry Summers being that he was the first one, but his case was bad enough, especially given what that everybody knew what he went in there for and the way he came out. It's like that was enough to say, all right, this ain't this ain't for you, buddy. Like it's not. Mm -hmm. And I would say. Since these hospitals were, for whatever reason, so desperate to keep him. The bare minimum that could have been done would be to remove his surgical privileges and keep him purely on research. And that yep. wasn't even done. Yep. Because grants bring in money as well. With no surgical privileges, you still have a neurosurgeon. You can still but come they couldn't get even be bothered test. to do that. Yeah, it's uh, the price. Well, it's this is what happens when it's like care or profit, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. then it becomes what's what's important to you, the corporation. We all know is going to be the profit. Um, another neurosurgeon who also testified for Christopher Defense's actual defense during trial um, went on record stating that the conditions which Dr. Dunch the <laughs> the conditions which created Dr. Dunch still exists, thereby making it possible for another to come along. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's true. So when you initially suggested this, I thought you were talking about Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Kevorkian, that's been one of those ones that I've gone back and forth about where I land with him yeah because especially now the older i get and the more stuff becomes very gray and not so black and white i literally can see both sides yeah you know what i'm saying because i don't think that a person should be forced to live and suffer if they don't want exactly 
but while still being able to see that that person may not be in their best state of mind to make that decision. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, I can very much see both sides of this argument, which is why I don't know where to land with him. It's also difficult to quantify what a person's like, um, how a person's terminal illness is actually quote unquote affecting them. And then it's also, then it also comes into the, the realm of who's to say the standard by which you determine which assisted suicide is okay and which one isn't right how can you tell someone that your pain isn't as great as their pain therefore you can't do this thing that you want to do yeah i was always even as a kid i was kind of always i don't want to say like pro but more so understanding of um, these are people that are terminally ill. These are people that are in extreme amounts of pain, or at least the, the, the imagery projected or what I can remember through the Jeffrey Figer lens was that Mm. these were people who were willingly choosing this because either a, they didn't have much time left and they wanted to do it on their own terms or Mm. B they were in, and it's severe amount of pain we're living day to day was was more of a trial than it should have had to been. And they wanted to once again do it on their own terms. Um, so just through that lens, I've always been very much so like, yeah, people who I'm... are terminally ill, you should, it, there should be a step-by-step process of, you know, of psych evaluation, seeing what that person, where that person is, medical evaluation, seeing if there's any percentage of a comeback. And if, if everything is like, no, this person is very clear in their intentions. And this person very clearly understands what's happening to them. And this yeah. person has made a decision based off of fact, um, as opposed to just the emotions behind it. Mm-hmm. But even then it's like, how do we define fact from emotion in that exactly because it's like you can't this isn't a situation in which you can truly separate the two and then you also have to look at because again like i said i can see it from the side of the patient can also see it from the other side but you also have to look at both lenses are colored with a level of selfishness yeah because it's like the family is fighting this hard because they don't want their loved one to not be here yeah. But then the patient the family wants you to hard. fight. They're yeah. like, you need to fight. And, it's and like, the patient is like, I just don't want to do this shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there is a level of selfishness that colors each lens, but I definitely can see both sides of it for sure. Yeah. Well, I think um I think that wraps up this week's uh episode of Reality Rewind. It was nice to finally get him and his sad fucked up ass shit out the way and uh yeah. hopefully get to something very happy and really messy yeah and then um, speaking of sad that we have to say we wouldn't be a reality show podcast if we didn't say you know rest in peace oh yeah Craig leaks you know he was that was some reality tv gold right there that man no shade <clears throat> greg leaks and nini leaks opened up their open up the their their home their world on television and we got 
years of enjoyment and reads and quotes and memes mm-hmm. and um sis is hurting regardless whether you love her or hate her even if you hated her you were still entertained by her yeah um so i just have- feel like it's really important to you know just send her some love and it's don't also, be rude don't be creepy just send her some love it's also acknowledge her humanity in this moment because a lot of right. she's very much become a larger than life type of thing mm-hmm. but it is very important that we recognize her humanity in this moment and yeah. just you know be kind be kind to her definitely yeah. be like definitely be because i to definitely her. have seen some stuff just in this this brief amount of time that we've even known about this that has been like ugh, y'all are gross like okay we'll talk about there's one but we'll t- one i've seen but we'll talk about that off i don't want to ruin that with us because fuck our yeah yeah that was one of them but it's yeah others too um but we all we all owe needy lisa great Honestly, we all owe Nene Lisa great debt because I'm sure many of us, if not all of us, at some point in a funk or in a bad mood or just hanging out with friends or just having some peace time, hopped our asses down and watched uh, watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. We watched, we wanted to see her cut up and and dance around with Dwight. Yes. You know, we still to this day are asking people where are their scooters. Yes, so, yes. We're real talk like sis, where are scooters? Sis needs us. So just send her little hearts. That's it. Yeah. Don't harass her. Don't harass her. Or her kids. Or her children. God. Um, that's how we have to say that. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm harassing Brandy. Whatever. So, anyway. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Leave her alone. Just let her be cute and weird. Um, all right I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us every week Um, I'm Lee from the D I'm just existing (laughs) (laughs) and this is Reality Rewind make sure you follow us on Instagram at write the rewind Um, you can follow our personal IG she's at Shay's Beauty Diary Mm-hmm. And I'm at Lee from the D. And make sure you click the links in the bios for all of the shit that we do. Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourselves. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>